Hey, pass me a beer. I told you! And he's got to chain him down so they stay in the room with him, I guess. So. Look, at least promise me you won't drink. Alcohol always leads to trouble. Hey, who wants to play drink the beer? Am I going to get more money on my paycheck? Right here. <laughs> you win. All right, what do I win? Another beer. Just have a cup of coffee. Yeah, let's start the podcast. <laughs> Bear it is. Coffee? Beer. I can hear you pee. I kill for a beer. <gasps> Cheap beer and a sympathetic ear. Step right up. All right. <laughs> All right. All right. Uh, well, we're live. This is the first episode of the new Bearded Hops podcast. Uh, my episode name is one. Episode one. My name's Chad. Uh, my partner and great friend in this endeavor is uh, Adam. Hi. And we are in different cities. I live in Green Bay. Adam is in the Chicago area. Say hi, Adam. Hi, Adam. <laughs> yeah, and we uh we we've known each other for a long time, but we have a love and um passion for beer, I guess is the way you'd say it, right? So we passion we just figured hey, why not? Yeah, well, we figured just why not why not record when we talk about it, essentially. Yeah, I mean there's a lot of a lot of beer podcasts out there. Uh we hope that we are a little bit different. Uh, we're going to talk about the beer. We're going to talk about a beer or a couple beers per episode. Um, Watch out. Maybe. I mean, you never know. You never know. We we may talk about some stuff that are not that's not beer related at all. But that's that's kind of where we want this podcast to go. Is just talk about whatever we want to talk about while sampling a good, hopefully good beer. Hopefully. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, so basically, the way the way we we have this show set up is that uh, we are going to each show pick a beer that both of us were able to get, which may be hard since we are um, in different states. Uh, sometimes you can't get the same beers in the same states, but we have managed to find a few. And so uh, we will pop that beer, fill it up, talk about it, our first thoughts about it, what it looks like, how how the head is. That's what she said, and what it tastes like on our first sip. Then we'll go ahead and talk about whatever, uh, you know, whatever we want to talk about as we drink this beer. Just like good friends hanging out, drinking a beer, talking about whatever. So, exactly. Uh, and speaking of, that did say we've known each other for a long time. We've actually, we're not like, the, we're not the longest of friends. Like, we haven't known each other since we were kids, but a million years. We have known each other for, uh, at current, 22 years. So is it that long? It has been twenty. It has been twenty-two years. Nineteen ninety-five. Old. We're old as hell. I know. Jeez, so kind of really that long. Okay. Well, there we go. Well, good friends, uh, good beer. Hopefully, as we we put that in quotes, we hope it's a good beer. So good beer, good friends, and good friends with good beards. Beards. And beards. Beards. So the bearded hops podcast. That's where this comes comes from. Adam has a very uh, very nicely grown and groomed beard. I uh-huh, have a beard uh-huh. as well. Yours um, is very, very nicely manicured. I will say. I, I do a, I do a, spend a fair amount of time on manicuring mine. Um, not as as full and and lovely as Adams, I'll say, but now, I do keep manicured. That could be that could probably be said for a lot of things. But do you spend more time manicuring your face beard or your man bush? Well, 
I mean, I I do the the, the my face beard every the, day. The fact, the fact that you have to think about it, it just scares me a little bit. <laughs> I don't know which one I spend more time on. Let me count well, the hours. Hang on I mean, a second. I mean, you got to manscape. I mean, that's well, that's yeah. that's part of being a grown up. I think. True, but which one do you spend more time on? Oh, my my face beard. Okay, that's good. So it's not like I have to think about it for a long time. I do spend a fair amount of time daily on my face beard. The rest of the body, the rest of the hair on my body, you know, every couple weeks, you know, I'll spend some, spend some, I mean. You got to trim the testicle a, beard every now and then. Yeah. I mean, half a day. Something. I mean, it probably all adds up to about. <laughs> uh, sweetie, I'm going to go to the bathroom. I'll see you around eight o'clock tonight. I'm going to be uh, trimming up the beard, both of them, the ball beard and the face beard. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, let's, let's get into this beer. Uh, what beer do we have tonight, Chad? Well, tonight is a Wisconsin brew from Oso's Brewery. Oso's, um, Oso's as in oh so good. So and Oso's o- is O apostrophe S O. Yes. Oso. Gotcha. Oso. They are in uh, Plover, Wisconsin. My metropolis. Um, an interesting thing about Stevens Point. Uh, the, that area, um, if we ever get a chance to to go over there and do some some brewery tours, there are three breweries over in the Stevens Point area. Point Point Brewery being one, Osos being another, and uh, Central Waters is in Amherst. Ooh, uh, in uh, probably 10, 15 minutes of each other. So now you know um, the mighty population of Plover is twelve thousand. My guess is there's more cows in Plover than people. Hmm. Well, we are a dairy state as well, so exactly. Smell that dairy air. <laughs> now, um, Osos was founded in 2007, like you said, in Plover. Uh, the dude Mark, he was a home brewer, and he uh, opened up a homebrew supply shop, which I, I hear is kind of a common thing. A lot of these brew guys, of course, they homebrewed, but they either opened up a home brew supply store, or they were just really active in their homebrewing kind of community locally. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I thought was cool is that um, they were declared the second fastest growing brewery in the state. What, and now what would be the first? What do you think? Wow. I, I, don't, I don't know the answer to this. So like, even if you guess it right, I can't tell you if you're right or not. I'm just asking. I don't know. I mean, do you, I don't know if I stick with craft brewery on that, on that guess, or if you go that's with. That's true too. It didn't, didn't specify. You know, I mean, it's it is Wisconsin. I mean, there are some major breweries here in Wisconsin that supply the world with, um, you know, beer, I guess. But <laughs> when, I don't know. Um, and it doesn't say the year either. Uh, no, it said 2013. So yeah, yeah. My my only other guess beyond beyond that, if Oso is number two, would be New Glarus. But that would be my um, guess. You know, for, but, uh... if we're talking uh, craft. Or, or well, if we're talking just beer in general, then of course you have what Miller, right? It's right there in Milwaukee. Oh, yeah, you know, Miller's in Milwaukee. Yeah, Line and Kugel, they started over in uh, uh, Chippewa Falls. Uh, Chippewa Falls is now part of Miller Coors, but uh, yeah, that's interesting. Also, as being the second fastest now in 2013, then in 2015, they won their first Great American Beer Festival award, they got a gold medal. Um, and their year-round beer, the Big O, which is not—we're not doing the Big O tonight. Oh. Not doing the Big O. Uh, we 
we've had the, I've had the big face, but... um, I've had the big O in, in multiple ways. <laughs> Wait a minute. Hang on a second. Hold on. <laughs> Nobody wants to hear about that. <laughs> That's a different podcast. Now I got to mark this podcast as explicit. Thanks a lot. Oh, God. All right. So what about the specific <laughs> beer we're doing tonight? This is called the Night Rain. Night Rain. Yeah. Um, this is, uh, this is you, right? You're, yeah. Six, what'd you say? 6.7 ABV. Is that right? 6.7 ABV. Yeah. Um, you look on Beer Advocate for this. Um, not a whole lot of rating. So it's, I mean, it's, it's a, it's a very local, local brew, local beer. Um, 375 ratings as I look on Beer Advocate for it. Uh, huh. Has a pretty good score, 3.88, almost 3.9 out of 5. Uh, this is an American Porter. Um, it's been around since uh, 2008, I believe. Um, again, year-round. Uh, interesting thing about this, I think they just changed their, their uh, uh, the label because... Yeah, when, I think you have an older one, right? Or do I have an older one? I don't, I don't know who has yeah, so you've that's the one that's on Beer Advocate, and then I've got this yeah, one. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, that's the one I was looking for, the one you have. Um, but then that's why it took me a minute to find it. So yeah. I'm not sure which is newer. One of the other interesting things about as Adam mentioned earlier in the in the podcast here, that that we both shop at Woodman's. That's a very large um, grocery store in the in the Wisconsin area or Wisconsin, the state of Wisconsin. Adam is just across the line in Illinois, so he actually can shop at Woodman's in uh, the Milwaukee area, just south of Milwaukee. So we should be able to grab the same type of, of beer on a regular basis. But the interesting thing is he's got the night rain with the, uh, we're assuming is the newer um, label. And um, I'm here in Green Bay, sure. a little bit closer to the brewery, and um, I may have the older older label on it. So. Or you may have the newer one, and I have the older one. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Matt, we'll have to we'll have to check into do that. And maybe do a little quick follow up on the next episode. There. So or now maybe on, somebody, on and maybe somebody yeah, knows. Could, yeah, that too. Maybe somebody actually knows more than we do. But if on mine, uh, it says roasty, chewy, robust, judicious, creamy, yeah. bold, complex, immense. Now that just kind of. That just kind of makes me all kinds of tingly all over. I know. I just i I can't wait to open this bottle of beer just right, because. Well, what are we waiting for? I'm opening. Forget this. All right, so we're gonna open at the same time. Well, too late. I already did. So close. Relatively the same time. And uh, we're doing a straight pour. No going. No going down the side. Straight pour. Straight pour. All right. See. See what kind of uh, kind of action we get. Going into the glass. Oh, yeah. Nummy, nummy. Now, this is porter, right? Is that what? It's a porter, isn't it? Porter. Yeah, porter. yeah. Like my glass, I get a little, I got the state of Wisconsin on my glass here. That's nice. I have just a local brewery. <laughs> Tight head. I've got uh, Badger State. This is a Badger State Brewing glass, which uh, they make some fantastic beers. I'm hoping we can do some reviews from them as well. But they get a. Yeah, the state of Wisconsin's on this class. So, yeah, first impressions uh, looking at it. 
Smells good. I'll tell you that much. On a straight four, it does. It smells delicious. I've got about an inch and a half, inch and a quarter head on a straight four. I should probably turn the lights on because I can't see a damn thing. Hang on. Go ahead. Go on without me. I'm turning my lights on. Um, so the head is, it's already down about an eighth to a quarter of an inch. It's got that, it's got a classic, uh, what I would consider classic porter smell to it. Yep. Which is uh, somewhat earthy and chocolatey. To me, um, I, and it's, I think this will be interesting too to see what kind of uh, smells and tastes we each have because I'm 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 a dark beer guy. I've I've come in the last few years. Um, you know, the, the I've been a craft beer guy for the last four or five years. Not forever, like a lot of people. I'm not. I won't say I'm craft beer for a long, long time. But four or five years, I've had some experience with craft beers, and. I have uh, come to enjoy the darker side. Uh, so the stouts and the porters, I, I really, really enjoy. Um, yeah, and I'm yeah. just I'm just getting into the porters. Um, I've traditionally been more of a lager um, IPA, although I'm kind of getting waning on the old IPA people. Um, but yeah, so now, now American Porter, for those of you who are the beer geeks and like to know the info. So the American Porter generally has a 4.8 to 6.5. Like we said, this one has a 6.7, a little bit higher. Um, typically has an IBU of 25 to 50. They use Fuggle and Kent Golding hops, typically. Um, the malt they usually use are going to be Chocolate Crystal Munich and Black Patent. Uh, yeast will obviously be an ale because this is an ale. So... Let's take a drink, man. Stop talking. All right. First sip. I definitely smell I do I do smell chocolate for sure. Yeah, I think we talked about that. I smell chocolate. Yeah. That's the main thing I'm picking up. It's almost so, woody. I don't know why, but there's like woody. I, I and a lot of porters I do it's they're always earthy and woody to me. It's that roasty, I guess. I guess you'd more call it a roasty, but yeah. yeah and I think a lot of people refer to it as roasty. I I taste I taste a lot of earthiness in a in a good porter, and that's that's not to say it tastes like dirt. It just the, to me that's <laughs> that's one of my that's one of the things that that always comes to mind when I drink a good porter is, so uh, the, is the, some earthiness. Yeah, the back end for sure on the back of the tongue after it goes down and a little bit later, it's like roasty for sure. Like it's like whoa, there's a lot of roastiness there. Yeah, I get roasty, uh, roasty and chocolate at the end. There's a flavor that I can't figure out what what I call it. I'm trying to figure it out. Maybe I'll figure it out as I drink it. Like around the middle of my tongue, when I first drink it, around the middle of my tongue, there's a flavor. And I just don't know what what I would call it. But um, so we're gonna keep drinking this beer here, and when we get to the halfway point, we're gonna stop, talk again about it. Maybe it's changed because I don't know about you guys, but I know. For me, usually as I drink a beer, uh, what I find for me at least, um, if I rate a beer right away, I usually rate it lower than what I rated at the end of it. I usually like the beer the more I drink it, the farther I get down the glass. So we're going to move on in the podcast, talk about some other beer-related stuff. When we get to the halfway point, we'll stop, talk about the beer a little bit more, see where we're at, go back to talking about some stuff. And then finally at the end, when we're down to the bottom of our glass and shedding a tear, we'll give it a final rating. <laughs> shedding a tear i got a six pack of this i'm not gonna i'm not gonna shed a tear. i'm just gonna open another one come on i always shed a tear when i get to the bottom of a glass 
But then I <laughs> am, am, I'm very happy when I open my fridge and there's more. So, so tonight we are going to be talking about, and I just lost it. Oh my gosh. Well, our first thoughts were the state of the podcast, right? Like, but I think we already covered so, it, didn't we? Well, oh, there it is. I don't know if we really covered it or not. I mean, are we this this the state of the of the podcast? Is that a general term or is the state of this podcast? Uh, no, no. I mean, this one. I don't care about anybody else's podcast. Uh, but my my whole <laughs> thought with that was, was like where we're going, what we plan on doing, that type of thing. That was that was my thought around that. If there's more you like to add to it, you know, feel free. I'm just going to sit over here and drink. Well, the podcast world is interesting. I think um, I, I listen to a lot of a lot of different ones. I know you do as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I have listened to uh, recently uh, more beer related podcasts than I had in the past, um, just because I knew we were going to do this. Um, so the the beer related podcast um is fairly i mean that, that in the uh, it's not an industry it's a it's just a segment of the podcast world um right. is a is a fairly small um small segment of the total number of podcasts that are out there obviously so i don't know there's probably eight or nine of them that are fairly popular and i actually i i've enjoyed listening to some of the other other podcasts, the other beer related podcasts recently, just to see, um, or just to listen to see where they're at. Um, I mean, around the country, because things are different, you know, we're up here in the, in the Northern half of the United States, Great Lakes area. It's a different, um, a, a different style of, well, I shouldn't say different style. There's, there's different styles of beer that are more popular in this area than, than, yeah. um, a, you know, California or Dallas or, um, I just uh, I just compared a state to a city, but uh, you know, you know, California, Dallas, Taiwan, whatever, we're fine. Well, I mean, the I mean, I don't know how many craft breweries are in Texas, and so we could look that up fairly There's easily. A lot. But there are a lot, but I think they're pretty concentrated in the in the big city areas. And California is so diverse with their uh, the number of craft breweries that are out there. Um, we both just watched a, an interesting documentary on amazon about about the craft brewery industry in california um and i don't know what kind of podcasts are out there that are california specific i do know that there's uh, a couple of podcasts that are regional specific um and others that try to reach out across the uh, across the united states and i'm hoping that we can do something fairly um fairly diverse and not just i mean the wisconsin breweries the chicago breweries um, are going to be fairly easy to get. So I think we'll probably end up doing a lot of reviews on some of the local stuff, but I'm hoping that uh, we'll be able to, re- you know, maybe somebody reach out to us and start sending us some, some beers to sample that are. Yeah. If you got a beer from your area, because again, like we said, we're in Wisconsin and Illinois in the Midwest, there's a lot of good breweries in the Midwest. Absolutely. But if there's a brewery that you like that you want us to try, we will gladly accept your beer donation. Uh, to give us, give us your, uh, give us our thoughts on it. Now, I will tell you, I, as you said, I could look it up, and so I did. But um, Texas Craft Brewery, uh, 2016. There are tw- 201 craft breweries. It ranks eighth in the country. 
um, for breweries, for craft breweries. That's impressive. I knew it. I, I figured it'd be up there. Um, you know, Wisconsin's got what, 300 something? Or I mean, Wisconsin, California's got 300 something, I think. Oh, I went to Wisconsin. Um, Wisconsin ranks 14th with 138. California. Yeah, wow, California. California's first. They got 623. Oh, see, I was, geez, I was half a lot right? more. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, that's. Well, I mean, I think it's obvious, but who do you think would be second? California um, first. Who do you think is second and third? Let's do it that way. Who do you think is second and third? I can't say because I already know because I, I just well, looked it up. So. Colorado with 334. They rank second. Uh, Oregon. Oh, yeah. Good call. I totally forgot about those guys. Oregon. Oregon. Survey says no. Oregon is fifth with 243. Oh, we're up there. Uh, uh, Illinois is 11th. Well, I, uh, but, I mean, Adam and I both. We do travel. Uh, both of us travel for our, our regular day jobs. Um, not that this podcast is a is another job, um, but you know, it, he Adam typically goes to the San Francisco area for work. Um, I go to Seattle many times uh, throughout the year. Um, I also go to Florida a couple times a year uh, for work. Florida is not great for craft brewery brewing, but uh, Seattle the Seattle area has got some got some decent um craft brews craft breweries that uh we can certainly pull some stuff from but i mean if now, anybody now florida is ranked number 10 florida's 10 <laughs> well okay so it's probably just the area that i go to i mean i go to sebring and lakeland so, so. yeah <laughs> not not great great areas for uh uh, for craft brewing as far as where I travel. So San Francisco though, I know you go out there, you get some good stuff out there. So yeah, I've been to a lot of breweries uh, in San Fran. So what we had gotten to look at, and it's somewhere on my screen with way too many windows open. There you go. I think it was uh, some beer. Was that the website that we got that from? Yeah. Some beer. Um, they put out this diagram uh, of beer ownership and we can link to it on the show notes um it's a pdf file and it's a very long flow chart i guess you would call it and yeah, it's a very wide flow chart it's very wide it's but not I, long it's really wide yeah it's wide <laughs> but it would it would give you i mean basically what this what this whole thing is is beer ownership so it has three categories, uh, one being the big boys, right? So you got the the Bud Miller course. Then you have breweries, so larger, small breweries that own other breweries. So like Boston Beer Company would be one. Um, and then you have venture capital, so other breweries that are owned by venture capitalist companies. Um, and we actually just we just saw this today. So we I actually haven't looked at it a ton. I've I've kind of glanced over it. But I know Chad, you found some things that you that kind of surprised you about who owned who, and because in the grand scheme of, of beer, it really is getting hard to walk into a beer store and know who owns this company. Like, what am I buying? Am I am I buying from from InBev Budweiser? Am I buying from from Coors, or is it actually this mon pa brewery that the label kind of makes it look like? Yeah, exactly. I mean, and this this chart was actually it's kind of it's fascinating uh, to look it at. Is. Yeah. Um, look you, at I mean, you mentioned going to some of these smaller stores. Um, I know I was listening to a podcast the other day, and and somebody had mentioned um, there's a, a store out I think in the New Jersey area, um, 
that actually is labeling their beers with this beer, just so you know who you're buying. It's kind of a, it's kind of that, you know, it's kind of that way. So you, you have a, um, okay. So one of the most surprising, uh, the biggest surprise on this list to me anyway, was Kona brewing. Um, I've had most of their, most of their beers. Uh, I've enjoyed, enjoyed most of their beers. Come to find out today that they are part of the craft brew Alliance um, through AB InBev. Yeah. So if you were to Actually, go into this. I didn't this know store, that either. That, that surprised me too. Yeah. So um, the way this store, this, this, the way they're labeling their beers now, if you go in to buy a, a Kona or a six pack of Corona, a Corona, not Corona, Kona, um, on that label, it will actually say owned by AB InBev or owned by InBev or as InBev is kind of just the, we don't, I mean, AB is Anheuser-Busch, obviously, but the, the InBev part is what most people, I think, are most familiar with as far as the, uh, the, big, uh, the big boys as classified. On now, this. Do they always say it on the label? Because there have been somewhere I didn't, I couldn't find it until well, I looked it up, you know, in the inner tubes. No, they don't always say it on the, on the label as far as, from what I've, what I've seen. Um, I'm, I'm not even sure the Kona has yeah, I'm not a, sure. any reference the AB or, or InBev on their label. Um, but it's a part of the craft brew alliance uh, within that AB InBev world. Um, so I, I looked at this list earlier today and it's not that like, it's not like I'm going to stop drinking Kona. I mean, I, I, I do the longboard is one of my, one of my f- favorites from them. Um, you know, it's not like if I go into a, a store and I see Kona I'm not, I'm not going to be like, eh, they're owned by InBev now. I'm not going to buy it. You know, if I'm, if I'm in the mood for the, for longboard, I'll buy some. Uh, it's just, it's a little bit disappointing to, to find out that, you know, some of these uh, smaller uh, micro or macro breweries are, are selling to the larger, the big boys. I mean, it, well, and also if you look, it, have you, have you looked at the craft brew Alliance I just went to their website right now and I'm looking, trying to see if there's any indication whatsoever as far as their ownership. And I'm not so far. I'm not seeing, I'm even on the, I'm on the about page and I'm not seeing InBev or anything like that. And if you, if you look at their website, just at their, just the overall design and aesthetics of the website, you'd think it was, you know, it, it has an edgy design up and coming. I don't know, whatever you want to call it, but it doesn't look like it'd be a multinational corporations yeah. website brewbound.com right no just craft brew um I, I i did a google search for uh craft brew alliance and it's it's craftbrew.com Let's and see. right there i mean because red hook is part of this so that's the original seattle craft beer yeah i've um, been to red into their brewery yes yeah. it's it's Kona. it's a fantastic brewery i i love visiting them. they've got a great outdoor space um that was another one that was like, I've never been a big Red Hook drinker. I don't, I don't, uh, I don't know many of their beers, but I have been to the brewery and and thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, but that's another one that just today found out. Oh, they're owned by, they're an InBev. Well, it looks like if you go on to their, uh, what is this? Contact? No, investors page. 
So they are completely separate company. They're traded on the the NASDAQ as uh, the stock brew, B-R-E-W. So this is, this is kind of the one. I mean, again, it, it all depends on the type of beer drinker that you are. I, I know some beer drinkers are like, look, if it's owned by the big guys, I ain't touching that shit. You know, some guys are very adamant about that. I mean, if that's the way you want to be about it, all right, you know, cool, that's fine. Um, what what I will say about this though is that it's got to be very hard, especially let's just talk about Kona for for example. Kona, it had to be. It, nearly impossible for them to grow without enormous investment in distribution because they're on an island, right? They're on an island down the middle of the ocean. So oh, yeah. they can yeah. distribute to the Hawaiian islands, no problem. But if they want to get outside of the Hawaiian islands, it's a huge cost. Um, how are you going to maintain the freshness of the beer when you're literally flying at thousands of miles? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's just, you know, so... I get why these companies do it and a lot of us don't like it. Um, but I think it's also helps with the overall health of the brew industry. Um, uh, because what I, what I have seen is a lot of these guys will, okay, fine here, here, bud, take, take my business. Um, and then they wait a few years and then they start their own brewery again with that money. Um, which can only be good. But it does. It definitely does. It, it's good. I. It's a. That's a double-edged sword. It's good because here in Illinois, I can get Kona, whereas I couldn't get it before. Right, and and Kona has a farther yeah. reach than just California. Right, and obviously, I mean, living in Green Bay, Wisconsin, I wouldn't. I I wouldn't have gotten Kona. Right. Exactly. We would have never gotten Kona had they not done this. Right. Right. And there are, but there are some small, small breweries that I can get. There's, there's some really good stores up in this area as there are in the, in North Chicago area as well, where you can, uh, you and I visited one a couple of weeks ago that was, um, I mean, we could spend, <laughs> I could have spent all, oh. all day in yeah. there. We could um, spend there, there all day long. Yeah. That place was, that place was amazing. Actually, that place is probably better than anything I've been to in Wisconsin, but we, we can get some small, brew small brewery brews in the area here um and that's that's i guess that's kind of the, one of the disappoint dis- disappointments i have with kona today is is thinking that you know i could go to this go to the the craft brew store i'm uh, nothing specific but you know a place that sells craft craft beer in the green bay area and buy uh, a six pack of of um uh, longboard or big wave or something from uh, something from Kona thinking that this is a Hawaiian beer and it is a Hawaiian beer. Um, but I'm not, I'm not, the money's not going necessarily. I mean, they're obviously Kona brewing is getting money or they're not going to be making beer, but the dollar, there are dollars that are going to AB InBev. Right. And, and I think that that's the big downside to it, right? You think you're buying a local beer, which in your mind, you're thinking this is going to help the local economy. So the local Oshkosh, local Milwaukee, local Chicago economy, because I'm buying a Chicago beer. When in reality, it's really just going back into the Malte corporation. Right. And, and I mean, where's InBev based? Germany or something like that? 
Now they are. Yeah, they're not. They're not an American company. <laughs> none of them are. Yeah. Right. Like none of these American so, beer companies are American anymore. Right. So that, that's kind of my point. You know, is is whether it's whether I, I want my dollar to go to a, a, a supremely local brewery or a, a, a little known brewery in Hawaii called Kona. It, some of those dollars are now going to the to the big overseas conglomeration of AB and Bev. Yeah. You know, and, and it's I'm not going to oh, I'm not going to stop drinking Kona. Um I'm not going to st- stop drinking um like, like well, Boddington's is another very good example. That oh, company's been around that since, one hurts. Uh, Yeah, 18 uh, 1854 or something like that. Boddington's has been that around. Was, that story was funny. Chad was at my house. We were brewing a red ale and he said, dude, we got we to gotta get this Boddington's. We had looked at a couple of stores. That's why we went to that really nice store in the first place, because we thought yeah. they had Boddington's. They didn't. Yeah. My wife my wife was out shopping, and I was like, call her. I was like, look, if you go, you see Boddington's, grab it. She found it. She grabbed it. She brought it back. Us and a couple of our other buddies all had it. We all really liked it. Like, oh, man, this is cool. And I think it was like yeah, a couple of days like, later. They were like giving it fives on untapped. Everybody loved yeah. the beer. <laughs> but I think it was a couple of days later, you're like, son of a Bitch, it's owned by InBev. <laughs> what? The? I couldn't believe it. Are you halfway? It through is yet? interesting. I am halfway through. How? How? Uh, what are you thinking? What's well, your, like I said, your take I'm, on I'm liking it? I'm liking it better. Not that it was bad to begin with, but I would give this. Um, well, in all beginning. honesty, oops. Huh? We didn't rate it. Yeah, we didn't rate. Um, I, I'm a little. I, I've had night rain before, uh, but it's been a while. So I, I don't remember what I rated it. But I would. I would rate this. Uh, I would have rated it to begin with. The first half of the glass, I was probably at about a, th- I don't know, three seven five or so. And it's going up um as i drink it i mean it's uh, it's going to finish above a four i think and that that's an interesting thing about about a beer as you go through it um i had a scottish ale the other day that that started out really really good like the first drink was like holy shit this is amazing i i would give this like a a you know four two five or five you know four or five or something like that on on untapped um which is how i mean most of us use untapped now to to keep track of the beers that we like and we don't like and then by the end of it I, I I was like, eh, I'm not sure. It, it's not quite as good, but this is kind of going the other way. So now I actually looked it up on Untapped because this is the first time I've had this. Um, but I looked up your scores, Chad, and you had it on March 25th in 2017 at the Heidel House, and you gave it a three. Oh, okay. Then you had it again uh, December 7th, so recently, and you gave it a four two five. Yeah, I knew I'd had it fairly recently. I couldn't remember. Um, Exactly when I knew I had it uh, earlier this year, and then uh, and then ag- again here in the last month or so. Um, see, that's what I think though makes like a, an app like Untapped really interesting. That's why I I like it so much because a couple things. One, I can look back and I can say like when I'm in the store, you know, I see a beer like man, I don't know if I've had that. Look up, oh yeah, yeah, I've had that, um, and I can see whether I thought I liked it or not. But then I can also have that beer again and look back and go, Oh, I gave it a three, man. I didn't like it that much. And now I'm drinking it. And I go, what was wrong with me? Like <laughs> that must've been a bad night. Like, 
it's interesting too because I mean what you were just saying the the untapped the rating that what did I give it back in March three seven five three two five no in March whatever you gave it, it was three even three even and then in December a four two five four two five two five and that's how it started out with this uh, I mean I was started out higher than a three um, but now I'm probably I I would give this a good a good solid four you know halfway through it. Yeah, I think I would have started. I'm a very, if I went off my very, very first sip, I probably would have given it around a three because I wasn't over. I wasn't like, wow, this is amazing. You know, it's a beer I can drink, but I w- didn't think it was amazing. Now I would say I'm, a, I'm out to I'm about to a three, seven, five or a four. I'm in between there. It's getting better. Well, I think my rating is going to be a little bit higher on this style of beer. Um, right. Cause anyway, you're, you yeah. like the style. Yeah. I like the porters and the and the stouts, the um, uh, dark beers. I mean, even even black lagers and and dunkles or dunkles, depending on, on how you decide to say that. Um, I I re- I think the I think me personally, for the flavor in the beer is on the dark side, and um, you know, it's not to say that I I, I like. Darth Vader or, or Kylo Ren better than Luke Skywalker or Han Solo, but this the darker side of beer for me is where the flavor really comes out. And I I love these these uh, the the chocolatey earthiness uh, of the porters and the stouts when you get that oatmeal-y, oatmeal flavor and the I would say for me at the halfway points definitely the beer is getting better. Um, what did I say? A three, seven, five. I think, I think it's what I said of where I'm at. I'm at a three, seven, five. There is no more yeah. head on this thing. And that's where I started. I started at a three, seven, five. Um, at this point, uh, I have no head left either. Um, I think we're about the same, same place on the, on the glass there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Starting at three, seven, five. I would, I would rate this currently at a, a little over a four. We're going to try to do beers that neither of us have had. Which um, is kind of getting hard to do. It is hard to do. And this night rain, I mean, I did have it at a beer fest um, in Green Lake, Wisconsin, back back in March. Uh, and I just bought it recently uh, just to have it in my fridge as something I thought maybe Adam could probably get. Uh, I did cheat a little bit by <laughs> by sampling one a few weeks ago. But I, I, don't, I don't buy this beer normally. One thing we wanted to talk about or basically ask the question is, you know, kind of going on uh, on the Boddington story right Boddington was like one of your favorites also mm-hmm. and all of a sudden you find out well shit one of these big guys just bought my favorite beer well does that make you not want to buy it anymore does that make you when you go buy it and you, you're in that cooler and you're reaching for those cans you're like ah, maybe i'll try something new today maybe you don't buy it as much as you used to where, where, did, where does that put you at yeah, that's an interesting question. Um, because I've already I've already faced this. I, I went to the store the other day uh, to pick up some some uh, something different, and I you know like I said, I I try to always have Casper. Boddington's has been a favorite as well. So, um, well, I'll always grab a six pack of, of Casper. Uh, um, I went to went down to get some Boddington's, and for the first time, I didn't buy it. 
when I was <laughs> reaching for it. This and I, back I, of your head. it's in the back of my head. Yes. InBev does own Boddington's now. And it's not that I won't buy it in the future. Um, it's just, it's harder for me to, to, to make that purchase at this point. Now looking at the chart off of some beer, you know, you have, they have the big boys up at the top. So the large, large beer companies and the beverage companies. And then down the middle, you have the breweries with larger, small breweries that own other breweries. Now on this list, the largest one of that is the Boston beer company. Now I knew Boston beer company owned Sam, <laughs> Sam Adams, right? Everybody pretty much knows that. I didn't realize uh, Boston beer company owned so much other. Um, I didn't either. The, and two of them on here are really surprising to me. That's Twisted Tea and Angry Orchard. Yes, and I, I, just I don't know learned, how much of I it. I just learned Angry Orchard um, this past like Halloween. I think we had a box of it. And I saw it said Boston Beer Company. It's like, wait a second. I didn't realize Twisted Tea either, though. Well, my girlfriend loves Angry Orchard. Um, so, I mean, that's that's something that, uh, that we'll probably always have um, nearby. Um, it, you know, I don't know how, I don't know if we'll get a chance to review any of these ciders uh, that are out there. Twisted tea. And I'm not going to, I'm not going to be into that, but, no. um, <laughs> but you know, I, I, actually, cider- I bought a twisted tea once because it says it tastes just like tea and I love iced tea. In the summertime, I'm always having iced tea. I do too. And I, I like tea. And I drink it and I'm like, this tastes nothing like iced tea to me. Like, <laughs> what are you talking about? No. And I think I just threw the rest of six pack away. I didn't even keep it. Yeah, I mean, I've had twisted tea. I've tried it. Uh, it's it's too sweet for me. Um, I have uh, I, I don't have much of a of a sweet tooth. I really prefer uh, salty and bitter. Um, you know, salty as far as foods go, and bitter as far as drinks go. Um, the the twisted tea is just not something I'm I'm really ever going to be interested in. But um, if we decide to do any of these ciders. Uh, you know, there's some, there's some good local stuff around that we could try, but the angry orchard thing really, really did surprise me. I did not expect that, uh, that Boston beer would be an owner of, of, uh, angry orchard. I, I really, I honestly thought they stood on their own. Yeah, I did too. Now, so Boston beer company also owns, of course, Sam Adams. They owned the truly spiked sparkling water. I don't know if you've had that. Um, my wife really likes that stuff in the summertime. It was like a sparkling water, sparkling water, sparkling water that is spiked and has like a hint of lemon in it. Basically, really, when you drink it, it tastes like you're drinking sparkling water uh, with a hint of lemon. Um, I didn't know that was owned by them. And then they, I have an offshoot of ANS Brewing, which I have no idea where they came from, but they own Angel City, Coney Island, Concrete Beach, and the Traveler Beer Company. I'll say so. Traveler, I know because they do those funky, funky flavors. Um, I have some Traveler. Uh, um, pint glasses in my cabinet yeah uh coney island i've definitely seen i don't know if i've had it now the other one going along this list uh for some reason i thought heineken was owned by one of the bigger guys but apparently they're not i know i did too and here they are at the top of the uh, at the top of the category here same same uh level as boston beer company now but you see who's right under that yeah lagunitas which I th- was looking at, I've always looked at them in the the beer aisle going, those sons of bitches sold out. I'm not drinking their beer. But they really <laughs> didn't. 
<laughs> they're on the same level as Boston Boston Beer Company, and I'll I drink Sam Adams. So I guess that makes that's true as far as levels go. The, you know the thing is about that that uh, that Amazon documentary that we watched. Um, well, you watched it a few weeks ago. I just watched it last week. Uh, Laguna Toss the was the California one, right? Yeah, the California one. They were yeah. they were featured in that documentary as a documentary as a craft brewer brewery. When was that done? Which, Go ahead and keep talking. I'm gonna look up when that thing was filmed. I can't remember. Yeah, find out when that was. So, I mean, but they were talking to. I mean so many different craft brewers that are yeah. that are in the area out there in california Anchor and and i mean all those guys yeah and and they were talking to the lagunitas guys and the great beer they've i think they started small um they've got a really good ipa um the but they were talking in this documentary like a small craft um, craft beer manufacturer. Now, I don't, I don't honestly don't know. I haven't looked in to see how big Lugunitas really is, but I mean, I can get it anywhere here in Wisconsin. Um, yeah, especially the FDA, it's, it's very, very common. Um, which when I first, I, I went to, there's a, there's a little, uh, beach bar. Well, <laughs> call it a beach bar. <laughs> there's a beach <laughs> bar in Appleton, uh, called Waverly Beach. It's on Lake Winnebago. Lake Winnebago is a big, like, I mean, it's a 10 mile wide, 40 miles long lake. And they do have a beach. Um, so Waverly Beach Bar is where it comes from. That's the first time I ever had a Lugunitas, uh, the IPA. And the first time I had it, I thought, oh, this is, this is, this is interesting. I'm drinking, this is a, where'd you guys, how'd you guys get this? Well, come to find out, you know, after talking to the bartender and then going to the store a couple of weeks later, it's it's everywhere. And obviously that comes from the the Heineken um, ownership and the distributorship yeah. that they offer um, to, to Laguna Toss. But I'm wondering, now I'm wondering, after looking at this chart, is under Laguna Toss is Independence, Moonlight, Shorts, and South End Brewery and Smokehouse. Well, I don't know what South End Brewery and Smokehouse is, if it's a restaurant or some sort, but I've actually, three, I've heard of Independence, but I've never heard of the other three. I've, I haven't heard of any of them, but so Heineken owns Lagunitas. Heineken makes, you know, Heineken makes Heineken. They own Lagunitas. Does Lagunitas own these four or does Heineken? Right. Well, so according to this, because they're in blue, that means, uh, partial, no, I, I, right. Yeah, I always thought it was Lagunitas, but whatever. The blue means Lagunitas has partial ownership in it. Now, I did a little digging. So that, that video we were talking about, the movie we were talking about, it's on Amazon. If you're an Amazon Prime member, you can watch this uh, for free. It's called Craft, the California Beer Documentary. It was originally released in 2015, so that means that footage is probably shot in 2014. Um, and uh, Lagunitas was founded in 1993, and they were the company's now completely owned by Heineken. Uh, they were the fifth top selling craft brewery in the U.S. in 2014. Uh, they their output right now is 916,420 barrels a year. That's a lot. That's a and lot I, of beer. 
It's what? I, I always mispronounce it. I, I it, Somebody, somebody, first time I ever had it, somebody introduced it to me as Lagunitas. And I've been corrected so many times that it's Lagunitas. And I still can't say it. <laughs> now they do have, that's probably something, Chad, we should do. They do have their brewery in Chicago. Um, and I've heard it's supposed to be a pretty cool tour. Uh, so we should, we should go visit Wait, that one. Who has it? Who has their Lagunitas has a brewery in Chicago? Yeah. yeah, in 2012, they announced that they're going to open it and uh, they opened it in 2014. Yeah, they started, Chicago Brewery started producing in 2014, opened its on premises tap room a few months later. Um, it's on the, it's in North Lawndale part of Chicago and it's like a, um, a studio space. It's supposed to be a really cool, cool area. Uh, the ultimate brewing capacity is 1.9 million barrels. <laughs> so, uh, that no, so looking at that, that makes me feel better. I, the, the Lagunita something, something. I love that beer. That's one of the first beers I had out in California when I first started for work, started going there. I went to the hotel bar and they had this called something called something, something. I'm like, yeah, it's a cool name. I'll give that a shot. And I liked it. So, um, knowing that they're not part of the huge conglomerates, um, I mean, there are Heineken, so it is a Dutch company, but I'm just saying. I, I did think they were owned by MF. I don't know what maybe I thought Heineken was owned by one of these bigger guys. Wait, oh, wait a minute. Since the merger between the two largest brewing empires in the world, Anheuser-Busch and SAB Miller in October 2016, Heineken has been, oh, so Heineken, because of the merger of the other ones, Heineken is now the second largest brewer in the world. Huh. This is Wikipedia for whatever that's worth. Yeah, I was gonna say, where's the I mean the info that we're the chart that we're looking at is labeled December 2017. So um yeah. Heineken is in this category of breweries large or small that own other breweries. Yeah, and I would think if they're as big as Wikipedia is saying, they should be up in the big boys, right? I mean they're right, right. Yeah. Moving on down with the bit with the larger ones. What's the second one? Gambrinas. Yeah, and that's because I I have not ever heard of. Uh, I've I, I mean the 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 brand under Gambrinas is Shiner. That's the only one I've heard of. There's Bridgeport right, Shiner in Texas. Uh, or Trumer. Sorry about that. Um, I've heard of Shiner. I've had their Bach. Uh, Shiner Bach. Um, beyond that. Duvel Mortgat. Um, haven't heard of any of those. They look like they're French to me. Yeah, I don't know any of those companies either. And then then they get smaller. So Bells. Yeah, Bells is fairly common. Um, are getting more and more common, at least in yeah. our area. Mahusan Miguel owns partial ownership of Founders. I think that was a partnership to enable further distribution, which a lot of these little ones obviously will do. Stone Brewing, got Arrogant Brewing. And I don't know if that, I think that may have just been an offshoot, but. Um, yeah, yeah and the next one's Sapporo. That's, uh, that's Japanese, right? Sapporo. Yeah, but they own Anchor. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. And Sleeman. I've never heard of Sleeman, but I, I've had, I've, I feel like I've had something from Anchor, but. Um, yeah, Sapporo is something you can usually get. Well, that, at a, uh, is Anchor Anchor uh, Sushi? Steel? 
or no? I don't know. Let's see real quick because yeah, that's that's the San Francisco. That's you had that here. That the Christmas beer that we had was a was an Anchor Steam Christmas. That's right. I I knew I've had it. That's a really good, really really good. Anchor is really good. I love their stuff. Um, Sapporo is. Yeah, they're Japanese. They're Japanese. Oh, huh. interesting. <laughs> Oldest beer brand in Japan, founded in 1876. Now, the one I'm not seeing on here is the oldest beer in the U.S. Where are they? Uh, you know what I'm talking about, don't you? Because right now the name skips my mind. They're in Ohio. What, the oldest beer in the U.S.? Yeah. So the Ohio Brewery. I can see the bottle. I can see their logo. I can't think of their damn name. Son of a bitch. <laughs> Is it on that documentary that we talked that we watched the other day? I, no, because that doc- documentary, all they did was California Yingling. Yingling's the oldest brewery in the U.S. Oh yeah, yeah. That's actually that's funny. The Yingling makes my they as far as the lager goes. I uh, Yingling lager is oh the top of my list. Yeah, Yingling is so good, and you can't. I I haven't seen it here. Are you able to get it in Wisconsin? Uh, yeah, I I can I can get it. It's it's you way can. more common south, like south of even south of Illinois, but. Yeah, or east also. If Everyone you go to Indiana, you can yep. usually get it very easily. But I don't see them on this list. That's what I was. I was trying to figure out where they they fell on this. I, as far as I was aware, they're still just completely independent. I don't. I didn't think they merged or partnered up with anybody. I'll see. Based in based on sales in 2011, according to Wikipedia, Yingling was tied with Boston Beer Company. Really? Well, that's not here. Uh, according to whoever edits Wikipedia. Yeah. <laughs> huh. I would hope that we'd be, if, if it's with Boston, we'd be able to get it <laughs> easier. <laughs> well, this makes sense. I mean, it's it's uh, 2.8 million barrels annually out of... Uh, the two they have two facilities, one in Pennsylvania, one in Tampa now. Uh, and I every time I you know, I, like I said, I travel to Florida a couple times a year for work, and I can always get Yingling anywhere in Florida. So now this article I found from 2012 um, is entitled it's from Business Insider titled Yingling just became the America's biggest brewery. And the and the article is like, how's that possible? Well, Anheuser and Miller are now foreign owned and Yingling has now passed since 2012. Yingling now passed Sam Adams, according to estimates uh, from Beer Marketers Insight. So Yingling passed Sam Adams to become a larger brewery back in 2012. I don't know if that's still the case, um, but they're the largest U.S. owned brewery. Right, U.S. owned. And that was simply just because the big guys got bought by foreign companies. Um, so I don't think that they I think that Wikipedia is wrong. Well, I mean, Wikipedia can be edited by anyone, so it certainly can be. All right, wrong. let's go do it. Hang on a second. 
Yingling is owned by Adam and Chad of Bearded Hops Podcast. <laughs> how long that lasts. You just said something though that 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 reminded me of of uh, like how I felt when Anheuser Busch sold. And I'm trying to figure out when it was. It was 2012-ish, I think, according to that article. Was it? I don't think I was that. I don't think I was that into beer at that time, though. Well, I mean, we we're both beer drinkers, but you know, as I as I said at the beginning of the podcast, I've I've really just gotten into craft beer in the last five or six years. Of course, I just I did right. I did move to Wisconsin from Illinois uh, in 2011, so. And I'm not they, I'm not sure how big the um, craft brewery scene is down in Central or Southern it's, Illinois. It's almost non-existent. I, <laughs> I know exactly. <laughs> but but moving to Wisconsin, I discovered this uh, craft brew thing, which, like I said, is 2011, and it's now six years later, and I'm really into it. So, yeah. um, I did have you know I was a beer drinker before, and. Uh, I, I, I remember, I remember feeling something when Anheuser-Busch sold, uh, to, uh, sold out, I guess, to the uh, Germans and 2000, it's 2008. What? 2008 was when July 13, 2008, Anheuser-Busch announced that it has agreed to an acquisition by InBev. Wow. So that was that was three years before I moved, and that I mean that makes sense because, like I said, I I didn't I wasn't in the craft brew scene when this happened, and I was drinking Bud Light, Miller Light, Coors Light. Right. You I know, didn't know there was another option. Don't blame me. I didn't know there was anything better out there. Right. Exactly. <laughs> and I remember feeling this emotion of, oh, I'm like, oh shit. I mean, here, you've been lying to me all along. Favorite beer at the time was probably Bud Light. I, I don't know if it was, but you know, I'm like, how, I, now I'm drinking a foreign beer. That's how I felt. And that comes back around now to the craft beer thing that we're talking about and, and who owns what and how you feel when you purchase something like uh, a, a Boddington's or even a Modelo. I, you know, I went to a Mexican restaurant. restaurant yeah. Uh, or last week I was texting you and I, I had that had that model and you were like uh and it's owned by dot dot dot. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean at that I'm really just giving you a hard time. I honestly don't care. Um I for as far as for me, I won't drink a Bud Light or a Miller Light. Not because of who owns them, just because they're disgusting. Right. Like, and I'm the same really. I, I just can't yeah. I can't drink it. Unless well, that's you like go, to me, that's like to me drinking a Pepsi. Like I don't like the taste of Pepsi, so I'm not going to drink it. It's not because Pepsi, right? right? It's just I don't like the flavor of it. Yeah, I don't. I'm the same way. I mean, we actually we talked about this earlier today. Was I, I, I'm not. I haven't had a soda regularly for six, seven years now. But I, I feel the same way about Miller Lite, Bud Light, Coors Light, all the regular, all you know, the ones that sell for a dollar at on Sundays at your local bar. Right. Yeah. There's a reason people, there's a reason they're a buck. Right. Unless you go like way, like way past that. And the interest, and this is, this is a subject for another time. I had a uh, Mick ultra this summer on a hot <laughs> yeah. summer day. Uh, I, Brittany and I were at a dog show in St. Louis 
and there was nothing else available. And a friend of ours had a cooler full of McUltras, and I'm like, I ain't drinking that shit. Well, <laughs> I got thirsty now, <laughs> and I had one. And <laughs> a McUltra is like, you know, drinking beer flavored water, basically. Yeah. And it wasn't so bad, but I'm not going to go to my local bar on a Sunday to watch football and drink a Bud Light or Miller Light or Coors Light. I will, I will gladly pay more for something that tastes better. It's not about not drinking it because who owns it. It's because of how it tastes. The beers are going to get you there, right? They're going to get you that buzz that you're looking for anyway. Why not have good flavor with it? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So I won't. Like I think kind of like you, like when I reach for, well, it used to be Lagunitas, but now I'll do that guilt free. But oh, when I reach, when I reach for the, the Boddington's, it is in the back of my head that son of a bitch, this is owed by InBev, right? Mm-hmm. And if there's something next to it that is maybe hyper local, you know, right down the street brewery or, you know, something that I know is not that i probably more inclined to reach for that unless I'm really just like, I'm really craving the Boddington flavor. I'm going to go for it no matter what. Um, it won't keep me from drinking it. It's I, it's not that I'm, I won't drink it because it's owned by the big guys. I would just right. rather have my dollar go toward, you know, the guy down the street that I know owns the brewery, you know? Right. I mean, if you're going to spend seven or eight or $9 on a four pack of Boddington's, would I rather spend eight or nine dollars on a six pack of Oso's Night Rain? Right. And yeah. the answer is yeah, I would rather spend it on Oso's at this point than, than Bonnington's. Now the the last the last column on this really wide flow chart is the venture capitalist or venture capital. So these are holding companies or other private investors. So like the, the example on here is Blue Ribbon Immediate Holdings, Eugene Casper. <laughs> that owns Pabst. Right. Pabst and not, not the Casper Lone that Star. we're this is, this is like Koshper. K-A-S-H-P-E-R. Koshper. Yeah, Koshper. Yeah, yeah. Um, then there's North American Brewing, which owns these other places. I mean, I, I recognize Labatt. Uh, yeah, I can't. I, I can't say I recognize any of those. Uh, Seagram's escapes. I mean, that's that's going to be the sweet stuff, you know, like the the Seagram's. Oh, Mag- uh, I've heard of Magic Hat. I've seen that, and I don't. I can't say that I've had a Magic Hat, but I know they do some. Um, yeah. Oh, Portland Brewing. That's cool marketing. Yeah, Portland Brewing. Then the next one over is uh, is it Fireman Capital Partners? That's Cigar Cigar City, which I've heard of. Oscar, which I've heard of. Perrin. And that was a Cigar City was a surprising one. I think Cigar City, um, I've had several of theirs. Um, I, can, I can't tell you which ones I've had, but they, uh, I, they're in Florida. Um, I want to say uh, Tampa area. Like, I'm not sure exactly where in Tampa, yeah, but I think no, they're in Tampa. They're in Tampa. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I've had several of theirs and I, I thought, Oh, this is fantastic. I mean, like I said, I go to Florida for work. Um, and they're still, like, they're still an independent brewery. All this means is that they took some extra money from they, a venture capitalist, just like exactly, Twitter or, or exactly. Facebook or whatever, you know? Right. So out of the three categories that we're talking about here tonight, the, 
the big boys, the the large breweries that own other breweries or the venture capital. It's interesting though, that Cigar City uh, would fit into the same category as PBR. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, long as, I mean, really just as far as they, they're, they're linked with a venture capitalist capital company. Yeah. What I found exactly. interesting though, is if, if you look two boxes, well, actually the next box over two, two ones that I've definitely heard of victory in Southern tier. Um, but then the next one over L and K partners, dogfish head, dogfish head. Yeah. Yeah. Good IPAs. Yeah. I mean, that guy, that, there's also a good documentary about him. If you haven't seen it, he also has a really good <laughs> book that I've read. Um, that's, that, that's also, um, really good that that guy is just he's interesting to begin with the to me you know next to uh the dude that started uh, sam adams he is like the quintessential homebrew dude but he's also the guy that he just doesn't give a shit he'll he'll put whatever he wants in this beer just to see if it works and in this documentary that i saw of him and actually it may not even been a documentary it may have been some videos i saw on youtube but he in his own house, like next to the kitchen table, he'll have um, beers fermenting, just like the glass fermenter that, you know, that I have Chad beer doing our red ale right now. He has those exact same things in his like kitchen dining room where he's still to this day doing homebrewing on his own just because he likes it that much. And he's throwing whatever blueberries in there, you know, whatever crazy things he can find, he's throwing in there to see what the hell happens. I, that to me is really awesome. I love seeing that. Yeah, I do too. Um, and I honestly, the only dogfish heads I've had are the IPAs. Uh, he's got a, a regular 60 minute and the 90 minute. Yep. Um, and honestly, because uh, the other ones kind of scare me. What's that? <laughs> honestly, because the other ones kind of scare me. Um, some of the stuff that he puts in there, I'm like, well, I don't really know if I want to spend the money on a six pack of something that has fish guts in it or something. I don't know what's in it. Yeah. Like, uh, well, sequ- uh, Sequench, that's another one he's got that is a it's a sour ale and i don't remember what's in it and i don't know why i just thought of it let me go to their website but it's right here yeah sequence a sour quencher yeah i'm um, sorry sorry i have to tell him when i was born I, i'm i was born in 1933 so that'd be fine um <laughs> whatever um it's a sour mashup of a closhk a salty goss and a tart berliner weiss beer huh but it if you get a chance to watch, um, definitely look it up on YouTube. I know there's a whole bunch on YouTube. Um, he's just Delaware. an interesting guy. Delaware, okay. He's an interesting guy. Um, but that, I mean, I guess, look, in, in, in this this bottom tier of people taking um, from an investment company, I don't know. I don't know why it would surprise me, right? I mean, because like we like we kind of talked about today, if you're if you're going to if you're going to be a brewery in middle of Wisconsin, middle of Illinois, whatever it is, right. Your, your distribution is very limited. And and for a lot of these companies and and some of these States, depending on the laws, you can self-distribute, which for a little brewery is the most economical, but it's also the most pain because if you're self-distributing, you're only going to distribute to how far your little truck or minivan uh, can take you. It's going to go. Right. So Mm -hmm. So you're going to do the small area. You can't get to, the other side of the state you can't get to these other states so yeah taking some capital from these guys taking the investment from these guys is the only way you can get out there and just keep growing like we talked about before also just to start a small brewery is 
easily a million dollars just for equipment. That's not talking mm-hmm. about real estate. Mm-hmm. That's not talking about anything else, just the equipment to start brewing. I don't have any problem with that, really. If it's, I mean, like, no, you know, as long as you don't lose the, the, the personality of the company and the, and the, the art that goes into making that specific beer, I I really don't have any problem with it. Um, You know, because a lot of time what happens with like these big, you know, InBev, for example, they sweep in and they buy, we'll just say Kona for now, since that's what we've been talking about. They sweep in and they buy Kona. Now, I'm not saying this is what happened with Kona, but this is what has happened with other smaller breweries. They have one of two options. Either InBev comes in and says, hey, give us that those recipes. Uh, here's your cash. We'll see you later. Or InBev sweeps in and says, okay, look, you just run as you run we're just going to give you the distribution power. We're going to give you, um, you know, the, the buying power that you didn't have before. We'll give you the name because so you can expand quicker. And to me, when you, when they step in and they basically, you know, we're going to buy cheap ingredients at the lowest cost we can to pump out the massive amount of beer that we can to get it at every shelf that we can. That's where I don't like it. So like you said, you lose the art of it. You mm-hmm. lose the the hometown feel of it. You you lose the smallness of it. That's where it just goes out the window for me. I think Blue Moon is a good example here. Um, I mean, they were they started fairly small. Uh, what I'm guessing twenty years ago, something like that. And I mean, they're now a, a part of that um, uh, Miller Coors um, conglomerate. Oh yeah, they are. Yeah, I didn't see that. Yeah, that's true. And when I was younger, you know, Blue Moon was a specialty kind of beer, and now you can get it anywhere. Uh, it's kind of funny that I went to, uh, uh, I think, a Chili's, and it the, on their <laughs> menu, uh, it said craft beers here, and the first one on the list was Blue Moon. Yeah, I know. <laughs> that's so funny. You know, and you know, years ago, Blue Moon, like I said, was was something that. Uh, was kind of a special thing to get if you could find it. And now it's, it's served pretty much everywhere and it's, you know, fine. Good for them. I just feel like it's lost um, some of that personal touch and that the art of, of uh, brewing a specialty beer. Yeah. Now I know we're, we're going, we're just kind of getting along here, but I wanted to point out one that I also just noticed was lining kugels under course. Mm-hmm. I, I knew, I knew that they got bought, but that's another one where, uh, small time brewery, you know, that you can only get in a certain section of the country all of a sudden blows up and you see them absolutely everywhere. And to me, that's the first hint when I, when I go into, you know, when I go into a beer store and I see a, a beer that's from Hawaii, that pretty much raises a flag in my brain. Wait a second. How did that <laughs> beer get all the way here in <laughs> Illinois? Cause that's not, doesn't happen all the time. That's yep. what, when I usually I pull out the phone and be like, uh, who who owns this company? The other one though that I also saw, Breckenridge. Yeah, uh, I've owned, got Breckenridge in my refrigerator, my refrigerator right yeah, now. Nitro, nitro uh, vanilla stout. Yeah, I haven't had the nitro one, but I do have one of their vanilla stouts. Um, I mean, I have uh, a line and Google that Snowdrift, right? Yeah, Snowdrift Porter. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's a really good one too. You know, and it's that's funny. When I remember. 
when we bought that, I was my wife bought it and she bought like the twelve instead of the six. I really only wanted to buy the six, but she bought the twelve. I'm like, oh man, you gave more money to them. Okay, well, I'll drink it anyway. <laughs> well, I'm still delicious. I mean, Lana Kugels is a, a family. Uh, they were a family business. I, they're still family operated in Chippewa Falls. They do brew in Milwaukee. Um, in fact, I took a picture of the brewery when I drove by it the other day. I forgot to send it to you, but um, you know, when you're driving up I-43 through Milwaukee, there's a giant Lana Kugels sign on the side of their brewery there. Um, and before- they still they still brew out of Chippewa Falls and, and Milwaukee, right? Yes. Yep. Do they do you know? Do they brew anywhere else? No, these are only, those are the only two places, as far as I know. Um, but before I moved to Wisconsin, I remember having a conversation with somebody in Illinois about line of Kugels. Cause I, I'd come up to, I used to I'd come up to the, uh, air venture, the EAA fly in at Oshkosh. Um, I've been going there since uh, 2002 with my dad. Um, and there's a long story behind all that, but, uh, as far as EAA goes in my relationship with them, but, um, I, I would come up here and have a line of Kugels, uh, summer shandy or, um, back when I first started experimenting with, uh, some of the flavored beers, I had their Barry Weiss and I got made fun of quite a bit cause I was drinking a fruity beer. <laughs> it's good though. It's not bad. It, I don't care about it now. I mean, I'll drink, I'll drink anything. Um, yeah, I mean this, this, the craft beer revolution has kind of changed. I think a lot of people's, uh, take on that. I still have some friends that are still a little bit snobby about that, but, yeah. um, you know, and I would go to these, uh, I, um, fly, I work in aviation, so I would go to these fly-ins in, in Florida and, you know, go to a bar on a, after a show and say, you know, do you have a line of Kugels? And they, they've never heard of it. You know, this was 10 years ago. And, yeah. you know, last couple of years, I go to the same bar uh, on, on a Friday night after a show and say, give me a summer shandy and come right up. I mean, it's, it's because right. of distribution of the uh, you know being bought out by miller cores that they're able to do that now and and you know the southern half of the united states hasn't experienced line of googles until a couple of years ago three or four maybe five years ago um you know that's fine as long as the is as long as the family um touch is still is still there uh they're still able to come up with new recipes and specialty offerings uh that have a have a um an artistic touch to them i'm i'm fine with that i'll still buy them i'll still drink them um you know it's when they get to the point like a like blue moon and i'm not going to refuse a blue moon if somebody wants to to buy me one uh i i i would certainly pick something else over over that at, at this point but um to me it all comes down to uh where it lands in the um I guess in an artistic, in my own personal artistic scale of, of where I feel a, a beer falls, uh, with a family touch versus a multi-billion-dollar corporation, uh, Wilson Coors or InBev, yeah, buying the cheapest ingredients they can to dump in this, right? Yeah, the other one I noticed also Twenty First Amendment uh, is owned by Brooklyn Brewing, which is owned yeah. by. Yeah, Kirin or Curran, which is um, a Japanese brewing company. Now that's in the middle section. That's on the same level of like a Boston Boston beer type of thing. Yeah, large, yeah, large breweries or small breweries that own other breweries. Yeah, so Twenty First Amendment. I I went to their brewery in San Francisco. They make that um, watermelon yeah. beer. That's it's really good in the summer. It's, yeah, it's a really good beer. Um, 
but yeah, so this was really interesting. We'll link this in the show notes so you can take a look and have fun scrolling from right to left, constantly zooming in and out, trying to see things on this really <laughs> big uh, flow chart. Yes, it's uh, so but it, I've got it zoomed in to, to 70 or 66.7%. And I'm going left to right, left to right, left to yeah, right. It's so wide. It's, it's, but it's, it's, it's fascinating. If you're, I mean, if you're into this type of thing, it's just mm-hmm. because you, I've really never seen anything. I, I'm, I'm, I'm very happy that I found this and I'll, I'll be saving it on my computer because I've never really been able to find something that links these things, right? Because you're always wondering, you know, oh, wait, is this owned by who's this owned by? And you're Googling and stuff, but in your mind, you can't really piece it together like this does. Yep. And so and this you're, is you're not going to find every single every single brewery on this list, obviously. Right. No. Um, but you might be able to, uh, you know, do a search on on Google and and link it to somebody on this list. Um, if you really if you want to go, you know, go that far to find out who owns. Yeah, it. I, this one doesn't show like obviously the true independence. So right, that's why Yingling isn't on this. They're not in partnership with anybody. They're not owned by another brewery. They have apparently haven't taken venture capital from anybody. So Yingling. Mm-hmm. Just for the, for example, uh-huh. sake, it doesn't show up on here. So you know, you you obviously have there's bigger regional breweries, um, like around here. Lakefront is a nice big regional one. They're not going to show up on here because they're truly still mom pa. I guess independent, yeah, totally independent. So we're at the bottom. Finish the beer. It was delicious. I just had my last sip. Um, I'm ready for another. It was real. I, I really enjoyed it. This is uh, well. But the problem is we talk too much about Casper, so I think my next one is going to be my last Casper that's in the fridge. I, I've got one more Casper as well. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be going to the store tomorrow to get more. But um, I think what I rated as last time, uh, I said three seven five, didn't I? Uh, yeah, yeah, I believe that's what you said. I was a four two five, if I remember right. Yep, I was three seven five. Um, and so now we are checking these in on untapped. And if you guys, if anybody out there um, is also on untapped, feel free to, to friend us. And uh, I am, I am tall dog beer on untapped. And I am Chadillac 907. Chadillac is just like the car, but with a CH. So Chadillac 907 on untapped. Yeah, and we'll again. We'll those are those are linked on the website, um, beardedhops.com, and we'll put them in the show notes. Link to it in the show notes as well, so you can see the beer we do tonight, the Night Rain by Oso, or any other beer we've had in the past. So, what is your final say here, Chad? On the beer, four, uh, four. Yeah, I'll I'll stick with my latest. Uh, I think it was four point two five. Um, yeah, the four two five. Yeah, this is. This is a good beer. I enjoyed this uh, the first podcast. I'm sure we're probably a little bit long winded on this first one, so we uh, well, I guess we're all having fun. Uh, we can edit it down from whatever it is to like 15 minutes if you like. But um, no, it's it's all in good fun. Uh, I'm hoping we have some success with this and enjoy a uh, um, a good run at, at the podcast here and. Um, get some subscribers and hear from some people around the United States and the, the rest of the world. And uh, yeah, I, I would love to get some, some uh, beer sent to us to sample. So, you know, if anybody out there wants to send us some stuff to review, uh, we'd be happy to do it. Um, I'm hoping 
and you know, Adam, I've talked about this a little bit about the frequency of this podcast. Uh, I don't know what our schedulers are going to be able to, uh, to uh, accommodate, but um, you know, one a month, two a month, I, I would like to be in the two, two a month at least. I think that's a good start. I think we could definitely agree to that. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I love drinking beer. I'm enjoying this review that we did. So, you know, maybe we can do a couple a week. A couple a week. My wife might kill me then. <laughs> no, this is great. <laughs> I hope everybody enjoyed it. Uh, we'll be back for more. Um, go to the website, beardedhops.com. And that's, you B, that's B-E-E-R-D-E-D-H-O-P. Yeah. Yeah, we're coming up with a logo as well. So you'll see that on the uh, when this podcast gets launched. Um, so you'll be able to, to see that, beardedhops.com. We both have email addresses, uh, chad at beardedhops.com or adam at beardedhops.com. So uh, shoot us Twitter. We're on Twitter. Let us know if you like it. And uh, and I also, yeah. I, I, can, can I give my review of the beer finally? I didn't get to say my end. Oh, so. yeah. I've kind of been talking Just, quite a bit. Go right ahead. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I started at a three. Halfway through, I moved up to a three, seven, five. I think I landed on a four. Um, and again, Chad definitely likes the, the, the porters. Um, he has more history with the porters, I should say, than me. Um, I just started liking drinking more porters really this summer is really when I've been drinking more of them. Like, I don't think ever before, if you've looked in my fridge, I've, I've never really had this many porters as I have right now, uh, porters or stouts. So, um, definitely getting into them now. And so, yeah, I'm setting it on a four. That's what I'm putting on my untapped. Um, and again, if you guys, we would love to hear from you. Love to hear your thoughts. Um, just like Chad, everything Chad just said, Adam at beardedhops.com, Chad at beardedhops.com. You can check out the website, beardedhops.com. Also beardedhops on Twitter. I think we're beardedhops everywhere. And, uh, let your friends know if there's, if there is a beer, you're just like, this beer is the shit. You guys have got to try this. Let us know. And if we can get it, we'll, we'll get it. We'll try to find a way to get it if we can. Um, if we can't get it. Yeah, if we can't get it, then we're gonna comment back to you like, um, you need to you need to send us to us because we can't get it. So I think that's it, Chad. We did our yeah, first one. And, uh, send us an email, we will tell you where to send it. That's <laughs> right. We will tell you exactly where to send that beer. And it's funny, you just you just put on your uh, I'm, I we have to mention this, the Hillsboro Hops um, minor league <laughs> baseball that's, team. Yes. Because I kind of feel like that's for us, that's where this podcast kind of started from. I mean this was probably a month ago, a month and a half ago. Adam sent me this picture of the of this hat that he bought, uh, and he bought it just because it's a hot flower um, logo with a baseball hat. And he's like, "I've never heard of this this team, the Hillsboro Hops, are apparently a minor league baseball team uh, in Hillsboro, Oregon, and we'd love the logo." So he sent me that. He's wearing one. Um, I don't know if we're going to show this video of the first podcast or not, but if you if we do, I did. I did bring it over. So Adam's wearing it. I do have one as well. Um, so anybody from Hillsboro Hops, if you're listening, there's a shout out to you. This is, uh, we, we started talking about this podcast right after we got these hats. It's so. true. That is true. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. All right. Well, that's it. We did our first one. How, how do you feel about it? How do you feel, Chad? You feel good? I feel good, man. This was fun. Let's do it again. Do it again sometime. All right, guys, everybody, thanks for listening, and uh, we'll see you next time.